Hey everyone, welcome to the Online Course Masters Show where you learn how to create, publish, and promote your own online courses. I'm your host, Phil Ebener, and with Jeremy Deegan, we're excited to jump into another topic today all about pricing your courses, both on Udemy and off of Udemy. We're gonna be going over our strategies and what works best right now. As always, visit onlinecoursemasters.com for show notes to view the video version of this episode and to see an archive of all our past episodes and guests. And while you're listening, make sure you hit that subscribe button and take a moment to leave a review and a rating, which helps us reach an even larger audience and continue our goal of teaching the world. Jeremy, how's it going? Oh, it's going really good, man. It's been a productive summer and uh, really enjoying life right now. How are you? Yeah, doing really, really well. At the time of recording this, it's right in the middle of the summer. It's mid-July. Babies are like coming any week now. I mean, really, like probably like two to three weeks, but it, they could come any time. And so I'm just trying to wrap up all these projects that I keep adding to my to-do list. <laughs> I really need to stop that because Isabel's like, oh, you you don't because she's bed rest now she's at home and i'm like taking care of her and she's like oh you don't really have anything to do today right and i'm like uh i'm doing a new course <laughs> i need to finish editing my new course that i added to my to-do list so uh, yeah a couple i keep telling myself oh one more week i'm gonna be done with everything but it never ends so you need it's gonna be a good cutoff though when when they actually do come because I'm yeah. hopefully going to just take off for a while. <laughs> you're you're not going to sleep for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we keep telling ourselves like, let's just enjoy this when we're we're like bored. Like, because we she's like I said on bed rest, she just stays inside all day. She's super bored, and all I could tell her is, let's just try to enjoy this because we're never going to be bored again. <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> Give her a laptop and let her answer some uh, reviews and messages on Udemy. You know, she actually started um, going <laughs> through some of my blog articles and actually doing a lot of good like optimizations with oh, adding cool. links to other blog articles, at doing like some grammar checks and stuff. So she was doing that for a little bit, uh, but it's hard to motivate her to to do that because I don't know, it's just not her passion. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah, Natasha, if you're listening to this. I could use some optimizations too, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is my wife, by the way. Yes. <laughs> I'm always trying to get her to help out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk about pricing today, but I also wanted to just chat a little bit so that the listeners can hear about our mentorship program that we're doing. I know that if you're listening to this and you've been listening to the show for the past few months, you probably heard, heard us pitch the mentorship program. It's the first time that Jeremy and I were opening it up. Um, together. And we got a group of students in this group. And through July, we are actually doing the group coaching, the private coaching calls. We've got a private Facebook group. And the group is really interacting with us, mm -hmm. asking lots of great questions. And it's about halfway through like the intensive month of training. And it seems like people are making a lot of progress. But how do mm -hmm. you feel about it? And what, what kind of things have you seen our students kind of been able to do since they joined yeah it's it's been a lot of fun uh on on my side i've really enjoyed it because i just love interacting with people uh getting on those calls once a week and talking with them and seeing where everyone's at has been really cool and it's been really neat because everyone comes from like different backgrounds and different levels of experience uh, which is why I think this mentorship program helps because we can kind of figure out where people actually are on the journey mm -hmm. and give them more solid advice. Um, so it's great that they have the resource of the course and the podcast, but to be able to get on a, a call and really see what's kind of uh, getting people hung up and, and help push them through that. Uh, it's been a really cool journey so far. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's one of those things where like if you're starting out, Sometimes those que those what may seem like simple questions to us, like what camera should you get or like what screen recording app should you use or how do I set up the settings for my screen recording app? Those questions we can help you out with. And while it might seem a little bit confusing uh, when you're starting out, it's nice to just be able to ask and chat one on one with us, which is which is what the mentorship program is all about. So anyways, it's been great. I've enjoyed it and we'll be opening up the mentorship program hopefully in the fall sometime, probably after the twins and the babies settle down a little <laughs> bit and I can get 
uh, month back uh, and do a little bit more work. And it, as always, just pay attention to the podcast, to the Facebook group. And you can also sign up right now at bit.ly slash course master uh, to just join the email wait list. And you'll be the first to be notified when we do open up the mentorship program again. So today we're talking about pricing. Um, it's a topic that once you get your course up there on Udemy, off of Udemy, the, one of the first steps is, okay, well, how much do I actually charge for this? Both the list price and the sort of sale price if you're going to be doing discounts. And we know on Udemy they do discounting all the time. So it's almost like why do I even have a list price when it's just going to be sold for not 10 to 20 dollars all the time i guess i'll throw that to you like what what's the point of having a list price that's higher than a sales price if you know every student on udemy knows that it's going to be discounted yeah this this is a a tricky one because i even think to myself sometimes should we just go to a flat fee across the board Mm -hmm. or should udemy pick up a subscription type model um, which I wouldn't want them to do, but sometimes you ask yourself that question because they're being discounted all the time on the platform. And typically we set our own prices. And back in the day, a couple years ago, or, or even when you started, you could actually pull in full sale prices. So mm-hmm. you were able to capture, you know, uh, $97, $147, $197 prices, um, And then as time went on, you would see some of that and then a lot of discounting. Now it's pretty much constant discounting. So I don't see a whole lot of full prices ever come in anymore. But you still have that in the mindset that the student's getting a discount, which is why I believe it's set up that way, so that you can price your course and then you can – the students will see the type of discount they get. I always liken this to a store – uh, I, I know it's in the U.S. It might even be on the east or the south. I don't know if you have them over there. It's called Kohl's, K-O-H-L. Yep. Oh, yeah. And they they follow the same kind of pattern. And I've used this analogy before. Kohl's is the same thing. You go in the store and everything has a discounted or sale tag above the rack. <laughs> and you look at the pants and the pants say it's $79 on sale for $29. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they, they follow the same kind of mythology that you're going to price high and then offer a discount so that people are feel like they're getting getting a, a special or deal or, or saving some money, uh, I feel is a way, the reason for them doing that. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I, we, when um, Udemy has gone through all sorts of different pricing changes, um, back when we were making more full price sales, we could charge, put the sticker price up to, I think it was $500 or $400. Yeah, um, 500 and, when I started. Yeah, and then they changed it and they did the whole big pricing change where they actually limited it to between $20 and $50. And they were they basically stopped doing the discounting and it was just okay we're gonna do list price sales and sales tanked and so they kind of realized that even though it's this kind of arbitrary fake sort of discounting um all the time that's happening that works better than trying to sell at a list price so like basically if there's two courses one is ten dollars and it's listed at ten dollars and one is ten dollars but the list price is $99, the student is going to feel like they're getting a deal on the $99 course. At the end of the day, too, I like having the list price higher than $10, $20 because I truly believe that our courses are worth that much. Right. I, I look at the content. I look at like my photography masterclass as the best example and the craziest example of this. It's 20 hours of content <laughs> from three instructors who have been to film school, who work professionally, who are sharing not just basic tips, but like all of the beginner to advanced tips that we know, something that would take you years to learn on your own, or like you'd have to pay a lot to take a courses in person or go to college for. And you can get that for $10, $15 on any given Mm -hmm. day on Udemy. And I don't mind selling it at that point. And to... It depends on people around the world as well. Like $10 in the U.S. isn't as much as $10 U.S. to people in India or from other countries where the the cost of living is a lot lower. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I do think that 
it's the it is worth more to uh, most people or it could be worth a lot more than that so i do like having the list price a lot higher um, and closer to what i actually believe the course is valued at um, so anyways that's how udemy works we've got you've got a list price and you they always discount when you're launching your courses now and what's your kind of strategy right now for setting the price of your your course um you know i just i just kind of do a general pricing scheme and i try to price it appropriately for the most part usually i stick with like the you know $50 $100 $150 $200 mark and it's just kind of based on the quality of the course and how long it is mm -hmm. um but i try to i try to price it appropriately if it's a 3 4 5 hour course i'll i'll be closer to the $150 $200 mark if it's like a 30 minute or a 1 hour course or maybe it doesn't have so much involvement you know i'll stick it at a lower price um what is what is the lowest the lowest is 10 you can do increments of of 5 Starting yeah, but at you could only set it at twenty. I think the limit is twenty or twenty. You see, they change it to ten, but you can't set the list price at. Okay. 10. Yeah, and see, I I don't think I would ever do like a, a twenty dollar just because, like you said, it it just you you can get more for that course, and I you feel like you should price it appropriately. So if I'm gonna set it, I I usually start at like fifty dollars around that, or maybe even forty dollars is like my starting point and on up. Yeah, and that's kind of like my strategy and what I would suggest is figure out some tiers for your own courses so that if someone is, and I don't really know how many people pay attention to this, but if someone is looking at a few of your courses and they see that there's some that are $25, some that are $75, some are, that are $150, that should give them a sense of, okay, the higher price courses are going to be more comprehensive, perhaps more advanced. And that just sort of clarifies that in their mind. And that's kind of how I have it. I have most of my giant, big, comprehensive courses um, at the, I actually have it at the highest price that you could put it on, on Udemy at one or 200, I guess. But I'm looking now, they actually list the price. You set it at 200, but they sh it appears on the site as 199.99 which is another sort of topic, this whole ending your price in a nine or a seven. <laughs> we can talk about that, which might come more into play with self-hosting. But um, yeah, I have my biggest classes at that 200 mark. And then I have sort of mid-range courses at 100. And then sometimes I do have some beginner courses at 50 or some smaller courses at 50. Now, I will say that in the past, I have done some experimentation when course sales were a little bit slow and when it didn't seem like they were doing any sales I would try to actually adjust my prices so in between sales I would actually drop the list price to something like 20 to 30 dollars mm -hmm. to see if I could increase just the organic sales the problem is now like it seems like any day of the week there's some sort of discounting so it might not be a 10 dollar sale but your course will be $15 or $20 or $19 or whatever. So I don't think that strategy works as much. I wouldn't be, if I was new, brand new, I wouldn't be hesitant to just list my course at the lowest price, maybe even 20 bucks, just to see if you can start to make sales at that, at that mm -hmm. price though. I don't know. What do you think about doing that on Udemy? Um, I, See, it's it's kind of tricky because, like, I think I have some old way of thinkings when the price structures were different. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, back in the day, like, you could list a course for forty or fifty dollars, and you might make a sale of that. And yeah. like, I think I'm still stuck on that thinking. <laughs> like, yeah. So I usually don't go that that low. Um, I, you could try it out, and a lot of the stuff. Uh, as far as, you know, being on a platform is testing it out for yourself because what works for me or Phil or someone else might not work for you mm -hmm. um, based on your audience, your course, size of the course, the way you teach and all these different different things. Yeah. So it's it's really just a, a testing phase. Um, if you want to try starting it out at a lower cost point, 20, 25, 30 bucks and see how it goes. If you make no sales, maybe bump it up a little bit and yeah. see if that helps. Um, nowadays, a man, 
when I go to the Udemy page, like I don't even look at those numbers much anymore because all I see is like the slash and the $10 sale, you know? So yeah. it, it, it's really hard to say. Uh, but I did have a question for you I wanted to ask. Mm -hmm. Did you read the um, teacher news about them testing um, dynamic pricing? Because it yeah. sounds like to me, and I don't know if I'm reading this wrong, that they are actually experimenting with pricing courses at different prices based on like length and things like that. Have you looked into that at all? Yeah, I know a little bit about it. Just well, mostly from what I read in the email, they've always been doing pricing, price testing. So, aside from what you just mentioned, they've done price testing in different markets. So, like I said, like they've done price testing in India and Brazil, where the cost of living is a lot lower, and they've actually discounted our courses even below the ten dollar U.S. dollar mark. In other markets like Canada and Australia, they've actually limited the lowest price to higher than $10 just to see how sort of uh, elastic the pricing can be um, and how high they can go in these different markets. In terms of what you're talking about, they did talk about that. And that's something I, I'm, we'll have to kind of see what happens. We don't know any results of that testing. But basically, like you said, what they want to do is figure out how can they charge more for courses that they deem to be higher value that could be higher quality longer more advanced topics in specific topics so maybe like mm -hmm. programming courses they might want to charge more than an art course or something like that um and i think they're gonna start that in like australia i if i'm yes. not mixing up my emails i think they're starting in a market like australia just to see how that would work because udemy wants to increase the prices for us yeah. they don't want to sell all courses at ten dollars and i've actually even noticed that it, at least in may of this past year when they did their last sort of giant nine dollar sale or ten dollar sale it didn't do as well as it's done in the past and i think part of the reason is because there has been so much discounting and so buying for not ten dollars or 9.99 in may doesn't isn't as special as it used to be. Um, mm -hmm. So I think they're trying to actually sell a higher price. Even like a couple weeks ago, I noticed that, hey, I'm not getting $10 sales anymore. I'm getting some sales at $12 and $15. Yeah. And so they're always testing different things. I hope though, my fear and my hope, I guess, is that they don't automatically like put our courses in different buckets and charge different prices uh, without our sort of consent. I don't know if that makes sense, but like I don't, I don't want my course to be five dollars more expensive than my competitors' course because they think it's more, it's higher value. I love that they think it's higher value, but if I'm a student, I'm gonna pay for the cheaper course, and so <laughs> I don't want students to be buying my competitors' courses because they're cheaper and my course isn't able to be like compete on price basically. Right. So yeah. That that's that kind of the sense. tricky thing. I don't know if they're going to be able to, like, across, if all photography courses, the limit was $15, and that's fine. But if some, like, oh, the five-star courses are $15 and the four-star courses are $12, I don't know. It can get a little tricky there. Yeah, and, you know, that's that's the thing with being on a marketplace like Udemy. You know, it has benefits, it has cons. Some of the things you have to think about is that you are subject to these rule changes. Um, they may come in and change the price and try different things, and, and you got to just live with that. Um, so if I have the article pulled up, just if anyone wants to check it out, if you go to teach.udemy.com and you look for the article called Evolution of Pricing, they kind of go into this dynamic pricing um, testing that they're doing right now. It's kind of a kind of an interesting read if you want to check that out. Yeah. So, Phil, say you're like a new student, uh, not a new student. You're a new teacher on Udemy. Uh, say you're new to the platform, or you don't even have a course on there, and you find out that your course is what you in your mind is a two hundred dollar course is is going to be priced at ten dollars. Yeah. What would you say to that person to motivate them to still publish on Udemy? What would be the reasoning, uh, knowing that you have to discount your course so much to to want to put it on a platform like that? Yeah, that's that's a really good question and something that people always ask about. Or I think I see a lot of people worrying about when they get started. The the truth is that 
if you're going to be on Udemy, you have to play by their rules. And that's just what the rules are. And so you have to accept that. And there's you can actually not opt into the discounts and promo. So you can put your course on Udemy and have it at a higher price. But then it's not going to be in their marketing campaigns. It's not going to be advertised, which is the reason for me to put my courses on Udemy because they have such a big student base. They have such a, an amazing marketing machine. And on Udemy, I would say that I, I, you always hear this thing like, and especially if you listen to a lot of the other people who teach others how to create online courses, you always hear like, oh, well, it's easier to sell 10 courses for $100 than 100 courses for $10. I don't believe that's completely true at all uh, because on Udemy, I've tried selling my courses and I do a decent, uh, decently selling my courses on my own site, but it's way easier for me to make $1,000 on Udemy with $10, $10 sales than on my own site with $100 sales. And maybe mm-hmm. that's just me. Maybe I haven't figured it out yet. Maybe there's something I'm doing wrong on my own site or whatever. But I think that if you're starting out on Udemy, you you can still make a lot of money with those $10 sales. It's incredible how many students buy courses on Udemy. I don't know how much money they're processing every day. It's got to mm-hmm. be, I mean, hundreds of thousands. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Like, how much do you think they process every day? Yeah, it's got it's got to be hundreds of thousands. Yeah, I mean, or, because or, or millions. I don't know. Their ad program is making 75% of all the sales, you yeah. know, and then 50% of all uh, organic sales. So, yeah, they, they definitely need to be processing a lot. And then uh, if you haven't been on Udemy for a long time and you start producing multiple courses, which is one of the key ingredients of being successful is make sure you have some new content, mm-hmm. is that you'll start seeing people, individuals buy like multiple courses at a time. Yeah. So I know I've got three or four Canva courses and it's so awesome when like I go see my dashboard and it's like one person bought like all four of those courses. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know uh, I always think of uh, Rose Sue and uh, who does piano courses and she was very successful with this. She had a, like a hundred piano courses yeah. and I've seen her, her graphs before and she showed me, it's just like, a page of like one person bought like 12 courses in a row. So Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's another strategy is it to, to combat the lower price point, you can create more courses and that'll help kind of uh, cross promote your sales and and what have you. Yeah. So uh, I think you just have to accept and believe that, you know, your course might be more valuable than $10, but you can still make a lot of money on Udemy selling at $10. And the other thing is you have to buy into their mission, which I remember at Udemy Live, the founder of Udemy was talking about how he always dreamed of creating this educational platform where there was no barrier to entry to to learning. And so he wanted courses to be as easy to purchase as a movie ticket. And so that's why he ended up, like the courses end up selling around ten to fifteen dollars the cost of a movie ticket because he doesn't want anyone to to not be able to, to learn and use the courses on Udemy. So you have to kind of yeah. buy into that mission. And 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 it happens all the time all over the world. It's, you know, not just with online education. Uh, the cost of me getting an apartment in Northeast Florida is probably a lot cheaper than where you live, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah. it, it's, there is a cost of living, you know, even products, buying a soda here and buying a soda in California, it's probably going to be a little more expensive in California. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I totally, agree and understand why why they do that, that they offer a lower price point or different price points throughout different countries and places. I, I think it helps us and it helps get that education out into the world. And, and that's what it's really about is, you know, helping others and educating others. Yeah. Let's talk about um, self-host pricing. And one of the things I want to ask you about, because you have a little experience, and this is a common question I see also, is when you have a your own self-hosted platform, say you do like Teachable or mm-hmm. Thinkific or Kajabi or one of those, um, you have your say you made one course, you have your course on Udemy, and you know it's being discounted for ten dollars, 
but you want to put that course on your own platform. Mm -hmm. Do you put it for $10 or do you put it for what you think it's worth? Like, how do you mm -hmm. figure out what the best price is when you're self-hosting, uh, especially if you're using it on another platform also? Yeah. Now, I don't know what like the best strategy is. I can tell you what my strategy has been, what's worked and what hasn't worked. And so when I started out, I had my courses on Teachable listed at the same price. So I had courses... It was $200 on Udemy, $200 on my own site. And I didn't have any courses like less than $50 or less than $100. And I never made sales. Never, ever, not once made a sale of a full price course on my own platform. And on my own platform, I wasn't like doing discounting like Udemy. I wasn't, it wasn't like you could go to my site and get it for $10. And so I wasn't making, and I wasn't promoting it much, but I was hoping that people would, who organically came to my website, went on my courses page, might end up buying those courses. Didn't happen. So at one point, I forget if this was 2016 or so, I adjusted it. So I priced the courses at more what I thought they were worth and what would be a decent value for this, the student. So I think I priced my courses on my own site between... 29, $25 and $50. And I think this was at the time that actually Udemy changed their pricing to between $20 and $50, which, was, which made me have to change on my own platform. And all of a sudden, I actually started making sales. And this was before I, didn't, I had my membership program on my site. So that was the only way I was making sales through Teachable was the one-off courses. And it was just like this light bulb that clicked that was like, wow, like, I can actually make sales on my own site without doing a lot of work. It's not like I'm doing any webinars or sales funnels or anything. It's just organic traffic going to my site if the price isn't out of reach for the, the student. And so mm -hmm. I left my prices around 20 to 25 to $50, which is what I think they is a good value, what they're worth for a while. Um, eventually, though, I did add my membership package or my membership program on video school online so we'll talk more about this but this is an option where i charge nine dollars a month for all of my courses and i started at that price because that was the price that skillshare was at um, when i started my own membership site and so when i did that i think i bumped up the lowest i think my courses are still like 25 to 50 dollars but most of them are around 50 dollars if you want to buy them individually and I increase some of those course prices because I want people in the membership. I'd rather have people in the membership mm -hmm. just so that I have that sort of consistent revenue and um, I like growing that membership that way. Um, but that's kind of like the long answer to, I think mm -hmm. if you're putting your courses on your own site, I would put it at a price where you think you could actually sell it. Um, and this... And this something we didn't talk about too is like you don't have to put your courses on Udemy. If you think your course is $200 or $500, don't put it on Udemy. Put it on your own site, put it at the price you want and try to sell it at that price. And that's totally a, a valid option for you. Um, but this is kind of just how we balance between Udemy and your own own platform. Does yeah, that I was gonna question? Yeah, and I was gonna, I was gonna ask you like, uh, if you ha have an idea for a course and you don't have it on Udemy or any other platforms, at, at what point do you decide not to use Udemy and just put it on your own platform? Uh, would you recommend anyone doing that? Should you start off with Udemy or should you uh, just go ahead and try your own platform at a higher price point? Because most people are going to want to try for that higher price point. How do you decide between the two? I think that with Udemy most successful instructors have lots and lots of courses. And so if you're going to put your courses on Udemy, you should probably be in the mindset of, okay, I'm going to be creating lots of courses to be successful. I'm going to create 5, 10, 20 courses and continue to just create a lot of courses. If you don't want to do that and you think, okay, well, I just want to have like this one course and that's going to be the one thing that I sell it might be a good option to not put it on Udemy and just test it out on your site. See if you could build up your own brand, build up a sales funnel and use those other sort of traditional online marketing mm -hmm. techniques 
to sell it at a higher price because it's definitely something that's valid. Valid. There's lots of people um, who aren't on Udemy who are very successful with online courses, mm-hmm. but um, a lot of them they only have one course or or they'll have two courses. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Pat Flynn, always mention him. He has a couple. He has two paid courses right now. I think one is a podcasting. One is something else. But like I wouldn't put his course on Udemy if I were him. Uh, or maybe mm, I'd put right. it on there, but not opt into the marketing because if I were him, I wouldn't want you to me to discount my course um, at all. And he has a big enough audience to sell it on his own site. So if you have an audience already, or if you are in the mindset of I'm just going to build, I am going to build an audience of my own and sell it, then then maybe just test it out on your own site first and see if you can sell it at a higher price. Yeah, I was talking to uh, a man named uh, Jacques Hopkins, and he said something really interesting to me. He created a course, I think he said like five or six years ago. Um, I think the website's called Learn Piano in 21 Days. Yeah, I, and he I created- listened to an interview with this guy. Yeah, he does He does an online course podcast now, and he was talking about – he created one course. This was five or six years ago, you know, a pre- pretty premium course, but then spent the rest of his time in selling the course and the marketing and advertising. Um, one great thing about Udemy is that you can put your course up there and I would say not instantly, but pretty quickly see a return on your investment mm-hmm. and start making revenue, uh, which is one of the great things about the platform is there's so many millions of people coming there every day or every month that you can make money pretty quickly instead of investing your time in a marketing or sales funnel or what have you, but it can be done. Uh, let's talk about uh, memberships uh, because you mentioned having a membership for your site. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use another platform, and there's other ones out there, but you know, Skillshare comes to mind where you pay $15 a month. You get access to all the courses, um, which is another, uh, another marketplace where you can put your course up there. Someone will pay money, and depending on how many minutes they watched of your mm-hmm. course, you can uh, get money that way. But you can also put your courses on your own website. You can self-host it and have a membership site, which I believe Teachable and Thinkific lets you set that up pretty easily. Um, I look at um, Flern. I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. checked him out, Aaron yeah. Nace. I, I love his stuff. He's so yeah. good. P-H-L-E-A-R-N. He used to not have a membership site. When you went to his page, you could buy individual courses, and they ranged from like $20 to $50. Um, I'm, I'm looking at one of his pages here now, and you can download his tutorial for $55 once, or he has access uh, all tutorials, all 120 tutorials for $8.25, uh, $8.25 a month. So that's another strategy is kind of making like your own little marketplace on your own mm-hmm. site um, where you're able to have a subscription price and then put uh, your own courses on there. And that's something you do also, correct? Yeah. And that I think is a really great option. Just like I mentioned before, having that consistent revenue. If you have, you know, 100 members, then you know, you're going to be making X amount or around X amount of money each month. Because there's, there's generally like a certain percentage of people, at least for me that cancel their membership every month. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there's people that join and you know, hopefully it's increasing overall. Um, that's the goal anyways, but it's nice to have that consistent revenue in terms of pricing it. Um, well, first off, before we talk about pricing, I think I would suggest doing this once you have a good amount of courses, or if there's something else that you're going to be adding to the membership every month that makes it valuable to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. So if you only have like five courses and you're putting out a new course every six months or so, it's not that worth it to a student to be in that membership for for forever because they're not getting that much value every right. new month. Uh, they could purchase your courses on Udemy for ten bucks if you have them on Udemy. Um, so I have a lot of courses. So we have seventy five courses in our membership. So to pay individually for that those courses, it's a lot more expensive than paying the monthly fee. Plus, we're releasing new courses every month or so. So you get new courses. You don't have to be putting out a new course every month to make it valuable. You could do other things like having bonus live 
office hours for members or exclusive one-off tutorials mm-hmm. or extra downloads or or something else that makes it special. Um, but you do have to make that membership a little bit more special to entice people to buy it rather than um, just selling one-off courses. Um, right. So, so I think it's worked for me because I have a lot of courses that people might be interested in. Like I said, I charge $9 a month, which is pretty low for what people say I could charge. Um, Dave Espino, shout out to Dave. Uh, good friend. He um, always tells me, dude, you're selling your courses for way too cheap. Uh, $9 <laughs> a month is like nothing. You could be charging $20, $25 a month. And maybe that's true, but I think I'm also partly scared about increasing prices, to be honest. And also, I do want to make it affordable to people. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I keep it at $9. And I did start it at $9 when Skillshare was at $9. Now I notice Skillshare is at $15 a month, f- unless you do the annual plan. Mm-hmm. Um, another guy we talked we talked to on the show, Daniel Walter Scott, he has a membership program for his courses that's $20 a month. Um, so I think anywhere between around 10, nine to $20 is a good price point for a membership. You want it to be not something that people will worry about every month. It's almost like Netflix. Like, and that's what I kind of think about is like Netflix is like $10 a month or I don't know what it is now, but why would I like charge more than Netflix? Because Netflix is like, has so much content, but at the end of the month, like you're not thinking most people, you know, unless you're really good on a budget, which is probably good advice, but most people will be like, Oh, $9 for video school online. We'll see. Even if I didn't use it this month, hopefully I'll use it next month and it'll be worth it. It's not, it's the cost of a lunch. And so it's not that, um, that expensive. Um, so that's kind of what I would say for pricing your memberships. Yeah, and I I, th- I was thinking while you were talking that you know with your membership you you mentioned making sure you have content on there. If you're not going to offer anything extra to keep people incentivized to stay, like a coaching call or a community, um, then you do want to be producing new content on a regular basis. I was a part of a membership site that just. They weren't like it was, you know, like I'd seen everything. <laughs> it's like, why mm-hmm. am I still paying for this? Like, yeah. I've already watched everything. Like, I'm canceling this. I don't want it anymore. So, something that might be good for a membership site would be kind of like uh, Skillshare's um, philosophy of maybe like more shorter kind of niche courses mm-hmm. because you could produce maybe one a week or one every two weeks and people would stay interested in that content um, and they could be more niche. So, if I was teaching guitar, you know, instead of every month trying to make the six hour guitar course, it would just be like a 30 minute course on how to play this certain song or this certain style or this scale or something and, and keep, keep people refreshed over and over in that membership site. That's one of the, the, the things you really got to think about there because people will unsubscribe. And I would say that once someone has left, it's probably a lot harder to get them back because mm. even if that that site like had something great right now. I don't even know if I'd go back and subscribe again because I'm kind of been like, eh, I don't know if yeah. I should do that anymore. And just to clarify for people using Teachable, and I, I believe it, I don't know, tell me if I'm wrong, but with Thinkific, if it's the same, the way you create create this sort of, I'm doing air quotes, quote unquote, um, membership site is that with Teachable, you can create a bundle of courses and then with any course, you can charge a one-time fee, a subscription fee, or a mm-hmm. payment plan. And so what I did was I created one course and bundled all of the rest of my courses into that course and then charge a subscription to that one course, which I call my membership. Um, so that's how, how it's done using Teachable. Mm-hmm. There's other right. tools out there that you can, you know, you know, you could do a membership, an actual membership site with WordPress plugins and things like that as well. But if you're doing courses using Teachable or Thinkific, it's super easy to set that up. So any last questions before we move on to coupons or free courses? No, let's, let's talk about the, uh, the big coupon conversation. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I know we're getting, you know, time's going on and people are busy, so I don't want to waste too much time talking about this kind of thing. But... Um, what I really want to talk about is like when you're launching a course and afterwards, like, is it good to give out free coupons? Uh, is it good to give out discounted coupons or is it good to have a free course? 
I don't know. I'll throw it to you. What do you think? Uh, I've, I've done everything. Um, so I've launched as a free course and then turned it uh, into a paid course. I, I don't know about that one. It's just it just that course never really got a lot of traction. And I wonder if it's the way that I launched it, mm-hmm. because at least when you're given a free coupon out, people feel like they're getting like a, a deal, you know, just like the, the analogy earlier with with the discounting. Mm-hmm. If your course is uh, $200 or $10 and you say, here's a free coupon for you to enroll and they go to the landing page and you see, yeah, it's, you know, $10 or $50 and they get it for free. They kind of feel like motivated. And I would think those people might even be more apt to purchase from you later on. But if you have a free course and it's been known to be free and then all of a sudden you change it and say, now I'm going to start charging for this course. I don't know if that puts out the right, um, you know, the right kind of What's the word I'm looking for? You know, I just I just don't feel like that's a, really the best way to go about it. So I usually do free coupons. Uh, needless to say, um, I might create um, a handful of coupons and and give them out to people. Uh, a long time ago, we I, I used to put them more like in Facebook groups and stuff like that. Yeah. I quit doing that because I just feel like. Uh, people take those, they pirate them, they record them, and and they never even watch them or use them or anything. Yeah. So I, I don't do that so much anymore. If I give out free coupons nowadays, it's generally going to be you know to people I trust, people I know, or in a group that has, has significance where I feel like they would use those coupons. So if I'm teaching a Photoshop course and I have a Photoshop Facebook group where they, you know, allow promotions of some kind and I give those free coupons out in that group, I feel like at least those people will use it. Mm -hmm. Even if they never buy from me again, I feel like I'm giving them some kind of value. So I don't really do the free coupon groups anymore. Um, I just didn't really feel like that was helping much. It it helped boost my uh, social proof for my numbers of students, mm-hmm. but that that's a, a frivolous number. And yeah. I, I rather have like an actual number of people who have paid. Um, so yeah, yeah that's kind of how I feel about the free couponing thing. Well, I think that's the one main thing you said, which I'll clarify is do not do the the free coupon strategy of blasting out free coupons across the web across places like reddit or forums that mm-hmm. aren't related to your site and or to your courses and are just like freebie discount sites i would not do that i would definitely not recommend doing that you're going to get a lot of people who don't care about your course and it's just freebie hoarders who enroll in the course and it they don't help your 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 cause at all uh, mm-hmm. it just doesn't seem to work at all anymore it it used to for a time but it doesn't work anymore um, if you are giving out free coupons to a course, like Jeremy mentioned, definitely give them to people who are interested in in the course. Perhaps that could be like a lead mag- magnet that you use to give email subscribers. Or mm-hmm. it, something that I'll do sometimes is I'll have like my core group or of subscribers or people in my membership site and I'll ask for beta testers of the course. And I'll say, hey, like I'll give you a free coupon as long as you you know provide feedback to me not necessarily mm-hmm. a re- review but a actual direct feedback and I'll send them like a survey with Google Forms or something and ask them to review the course or give me feedback on the course and I'll improve it with their feedback before I actually launch it uh so the key is getting coupons to people who are actually interested in the course mm, right now I will say <clears throat> the option of Launching the course as a free course, I don't think is a, it's not always a bad one. And it's actually something that I've done recently with a few courses, basically publishing a course for free on Udemy. I don't really launch it. I don't promote it. I just put it out for free and I let the marketplace find it and enroll in it. And hopefully the the biggest issue is the reviews because on Udemy, at least usually the ratings for free courses in general is lower than paid courses. Um, part of the reason is probably because you're getting a lot of people who sign up just because it's free and they might not be that interested in the topic. And so they're not invested too much. And so they'll be more critical, um, which kind of, do, it's kind of counterintuitive to me that someone who like got a course for free would be more uh, critical than someone who paid for a course, <laughs> but it seems to be that way. But I think this works well if you're trying to go into a brand new niche. 
So, mm-hmm. for example, I had a I co-taught a course uh, with someone who does a whiteboard animation course, and there was already a bunch of whiteboard animation courses, and I didn't have any other courses related to that specifically. So I was like, well, if I launch this as a paid course, I'll probably get some sales. And those sales will turn into a handful of reviews, 10, 20 reviews in the first few weeks. But there's already whiteboard animation courses with like thousands of reviews. So how do we compete with those ones? And my strategy was like, let's put it out there for free. Get, you know, 50 or so reviews so that it, when we do turn it to be a, a paid course, it automatically ends up on that first page of search results based off of the fact that it has that higher number of reviews already. Now, that strategy is something that we can do. It's allowed on Udemy right now. I'm not sure if they're always going to let us change courses from free to paid because you are kind of playing the system doing it that way. Um, But I think if you're getting started right now, it's it's one strategy that can work if you're you're new to the market um, and you're trying to get more reviews um, before you actually launch. And that's another thing. It's it's nice to have some reviews in a class before you actually promote it so you can feature those reviews in your promotions. And when students go look at the course, they see other students' reviews as well. Yeah, I feel like that's a good point is that if you're just starting out and you don't have a course just to get a little bit of that initial traction, uh, I feel like that that is a, a good process to go through. And just to clarify on Udemy specifically, you can launch a free course and you can change it to a paid course. And the benefits of doing that, is, you know, some of the things Phil talked about with the reviews and being able to acquire a price for your course, you also then have access to your promotional announcements. So mm-hmm. once you, once it, you go from free to a paid course, now you can promote the course, which you can't do, um, you can't use in a free course. Yeah. However, you need to be careful because the rules also state that you cannot go back to a free course. So Udemy will not allow you to keep jumping back and forth between free and paid and free and paid. Yeah. So uh, just be careful with that. Uh, make sure that you're you know, following the rules and the policies. Uh, a platform like Udemy could change them tomorrow after we record this episode. So make sure that you are reading up on that and make sure you're not um, you know, gaming the system in a way that's going to get you banned or anything like that. Yeah. And always pay attention to the rules. P- play by the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, the, this strategy is... Not some. I'm, I don't want to encourage people to try to bend the rules or get around yeah. the rules. This is the strategy of having a free course converting to pay is something that's completely legitimate on Udemy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely pay attention to the rules though and how they change. The last thing I wanted to really quickly mention is if you are using discounted coupons from Udemy, well, the question might be, well, how much should you discount and my answer is that it depends on the platform. And I actually had a good conversation with um, someone at Udemy about this at Udemy Live last year. And he was talking about like putting coupons on YouTube. And at first I was having like $20, $25 coupons on YouTube. But he was like, Phil, like people on YouTube are used to getting free content. They, most of them aren't used to paying for content. And so a $20 coupon for a course actually seems very expensive to someone on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So he was encouraging me to go lower, like $12 or $15. And I actually did that for a lot of my videos. And I've seen an increase in sales coming from YouTube. And kind of same with on your own website. Um, I have coupons to my Udemy courses. And they're all $15 from my website. So if you go through my website, it's going to be $15 if you click through the link um, to get the course on Udemy. I find that that's a good balance. It's not the lowest price you can get. Uh, so it's not cannibalizing sales um, during like a big promotion, but it's a really good price. And if they're going through my site, I make 97% of that sale. So it's a good deal for me to make $15 per sale. Um, you probably can go a little bit higher, maybe $20, $25 if you're selling your courses Um on Udemy and you're sending people traffic to Udemy, but really pay attention to the platform. Think about how much are these people going to be willing to pay if it's a site or a platform where they're used to getting everything for free, then Mm -hmm. 
putting $99 coupons isn't going to work. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's basically my strategy. Any other thoughts I, about this? Yeah, I, I had one more final question, and I know we need to wrap up, but I just wanted to know, uh, as far as Udemy is concerned, is there any point that you would recommend to someone to opt out of their discounting and promotion promotions that they have on their platform? That's a good question. Um, I know I saw someone post this in the face, Udemy Facebook group the other day, like Seth Godin. He has his courses on Udemy, and he is opted out. And so that's where I would opt out is if you already have a brand outside of Udemy and you sell your course outside of Udemy or you sell other courses outside of Udemy and you don't want people to see that, oh, you have similar content on Udemy for $10. Like, why should I pay $1,000 for your stuff on your site? That's a time when you should opt out. Um, you can still have it on Udemy, still use it as a way to for people to get interested in you and find you. Um, but that's probably the best time. I I know, like we've talked about Teresa Greenway, um, sourdough bread baker, a lot in this podcast. She opted out of the discounts for a while. And uh, Teresa, if you're listening, please correct me if I'm wrong. But I believe that she saw an increase in revenue for a little bit. But overall, after a few months, it was a lot lower than she was used to. So she, I believe, yeah. opted back into. Yeah, I, I think that's right. So it's one of those things where if you're opting out with the idea that you're going to make more money on Udemy, then that's not, the, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. So, so don't opt out on Udemy because you think you'll make more money on Udemy. Opt out on Udemy because you don't want the low prices of Udemy to affect your sales off of Udemy. Or you could sell your courses on Udemy for $200 and opt out and you don't have to like sell it on your own site. You could use Udemy as your platform as well and and just you know keep it at that higher price as well. Nice. Very good. Cool. Well that's a lot about pricing. If you guys have any questions make sure you join the Facebook group. Just go to onlinecoursemasters.com. Hit that community button at the top. We've got we got a lot of people in that group. I mean, a handful of people seem to be in, joining that group every time I log on to mm-hmm. Facebook. And so if you want to talk about this, if you have your own strategies or questions, you can pop your questions over there. And also check out bit.ly slash course master if you're interested in the mentorship program and if you want to join the waitlist. Um, and we'll be opening that up hopefully in the fall time, closer, close, probably around Black Friday or something. Um, so we'll see. Jeremy, until next time, we'll, well, have a great day. We'll talk soon. You too. Bye, everyone.